really that would be my legacy to inspire and challenge and encourage people that they can do whatever they want to do. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to Anyone, Anywhere podcast. So today I have the pleasure to have the presence of Matthew Witten. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but Matthew will, will tell me. So I will yes. do first a quick intro about Matt. So Matt is a teacher, content creator, coach, speaker, and author. Matt is also the founder of the brand Greatness Every Day, where he helps real people living a great life throughout his YouTube channel, where Matt shares some tips and tricks to live a better life in the fields of personal development, health, and wealth. To end up, Matt is also the host of Greatness Every Day podcast, ranking top 100 podcasts on Anchor. How are you today, Matt? Thank you for the opportunity, first of all. Awesome, Vasco. I'm doing great. I really appreciate the opportunity. I'm excited to connect after a few months of trying to connect. Exactly. Um, it's happening now, so I'm pretty excited about that. Thanks again. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And let's start from the beginning. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself for the, the listeners and viewers that still don't know you? Yeah, for sure. So hi, everyone. My name is Matt, as Vasco introduced me. Um, I am uh, the creator of Greatness Every Day. So we're going to talk about that throughout the whole episode here. But Greatness Every Day simply is a challenge to myself that really gets every bit of me out. It, it inspires me and it challenges me to live the greatest life in many different aspects um, all through my life, personal development, health, wealth is just a few topics, um, but really squeeze each and every day um, to the fullest. I think that's the biggest introduction for me here. Um, in the daytime, what I do is I'm actually a high school science teacher. And then outside of school, this is what I've been doing. And really, um, I've been doing this for about two years now. So I'm excited to use that as my introduction, I guess. So I'm excited about that. Outside of that, I like to play sports. I like to do triathlon. That's really kind of where a lot of time goes when I'm not either working. I'm not working on greatness every day. Um, you'll usually find me running or biking or swimming or something like that. Now we will talk a little bit about the Iron Man next year, okay. right? Yes, absolutely. 2021. <laughs> Long story of how we get there. Do you want to start by there or? Uh, sure. When we're here, why, why not? not? Like how it is the, I'm like, how is the preparation? Uh, like physically yeah, so, speaking, mentally? Yeah, I think that something like, I guess to rewind quite a few years is ever since I was little, um, I've been very active. I've been playing all the sports that I could. Um, I'm about to turn 30 in about a month's time. So um, that's continued my whole life. And in many ways, it just keeps getting uh, better and better and better. So for me, I've always loved endurance sports. And probably some of the reasons was, is as you alluded to, like one of the biggest things that when you're doing these endurance sports, like running, biking, swimming, um, hiking, things like that is, it's not something that you can just go out and do and walk away from unchanged. You go out in these moments, you go out for these workouts or for these races or for these challenges that you do. 
And at the end of it, you're a changed person. I really believe that. Whether that is just something simple like uh, your practice or your training, you go out, you're doing a, a two hour run, right? You walk away from that better. It takes mental fortitude. It takes the, a, a crazy mindset in order to do some of those things. So I push my mind. At the same time, it allows me to meditate on my day. And for me, running and exercise is a big form of meditation. Do I meditate, like sit down in a room and, and nothing else? No, I don't. But for me, that's how, what I do. And one of the big reasons I do exercise is it allows me to clear my thoughts, recognize them and be present with what happened, kind of digest them um, and then let them pass. And so being mindful of the things that have happened when you've got two hours out in the middle of nowhere running, or you've got a four hour bike ride. And in Canada here, this time of year, we're starting to get cold. So I'll do a lot of my training inside. And uh, with that, I stare at a wall for four or five hours, uh, some days, which doesn't sound too exciting. Some people like to go ahead and put um, a movie on or something like that. But for me, I really like to train my mind during those moments. So um, what it takes in the places that it pushes you to just mentally is one of the big reasons I do it. And then there are obviously many physical benefits and, and so many other things. But um, Ironman, that's where we're at. It's been a dream of mine. I've done three half Ironmans uh, about four or five years ago and then had an injury that put me off for a couple of years and I'm back into it tried to do it um, this past August, signed up for the race in March. The next day after I registered, I got an email that said because of this whole COVID situation, uh, the race wasn't going to be happening that year, literally the next morning. Uh, and for me, that was a challenging moment to say the least, but we pushed through, did a little bit of preparation this year and starting to ramp up for August, 2021. So I'm excited about that. Let's go. Just just to explain a little bit, in what consists the Ironman race for the ones that don't know nothing about it? Yeah, just to have so the I, idea. Yeah, I get it. Because you might have seen it on TV or you might have heard about it before. Or some people haven't even heard of what triathlon is. And essentially, it's a swim, bike, run race. And when we're talking about things like Ironman, it's a long sport endurance race. So the swim would be a four-kilometer swim. 180 kilometer bike and a 42 kilometer run so that'd be a marathon um, kind of in all three sports really is how it translates out and what is the most difficult part the physical part of it or the mentally yeah i'm a big believer that the mental part um, is really where it pushes you because physically i mean the pros do the races in about eight hours but you have to complete an Ironman in under 17. So people that are in shape or have put the training in um, are able to finish an Ironman in under 17 hours. And, and still that is a tremendous physical feat. I'm not going to take that away from anybody. Um, but for me, I believe the mental piece, and it's almost like an emotional and a spiritual piece altogether. Um, mm. I believe that is probably the hardest part Um, and that's one of the reasons that I've committed to doing this and making this happen because um, I think you go through the training, you go through the actual race day, you go through that whole experience because you train for six to eight months, most people, um, and you can't not walk away 
from that changed, right? So that's the big reason that I'm doing it. But yeah, that's what it consists of. Um, and a lot of time, money, and energy goes into getting there to race day and then race day, you make it happen. No, and, and like, it's like you said, it, it's because after it's 17 hours, that it's already, but the yeah. journey before, like that makes the trans the transformation happen. I think like that six months, at least like you were saying, like a normal people, like that will make you grow as a, as a person the days that you don't want to train. And I think like, man, it's, it's amazing test. So let's go uh, to the, again, to the greatness every day. So why did you start it? First of all, mm -hmm. greatness every day. Rewind about two years ago, and um, I started it actually not as greatness every day. I started it as something called gratitude every day. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of coming out of university, and I had been able to um, go away and work internationally as a teacher, and then I returned to Canada, and kind of I just got stuck in that world of complacency, and just going through the motions each and every day. Um, a few things happened that led me to a point where I was just kind of like, what am I doing with my life? Um, there are a few instances that led into a moment where I just, um, I was about to start work again at the end of a summer. And I just found myself saying, missing out on a lot of the things that were happening around me and just kind of going through the motions um, and not being conscious about what those things were. And I challenged myself to find something that I was grateful for every single day. And so what I did is I said, hey, if I'm going to go ahead and, and challenge myself to recognize something or some area of gratitude in my life every single day, why not bring other people along? Um, and that's really when I started gratitude every day. And that was something uh, that started simply like uh, an Instagram page and then jumped into a podcast. And then as I was, I was doing that podcast, again, none of those things is something I've ever dreamed of doing. This is all new to me at that time. Um, I just found myself being more and more interested in talking about and discussing different themes and subjects. So that spun into this idea of greatness every day. Um, as I just got into this, I really enjoyed this world, but I also found myself um, sharing a lot and also just growing, growing so much, so much more than I can, can communicate through a video or a podcast interview or an Instagram post or something like that. The growth that came with this is almost contagious. And so that spun into greatness every day, um, which is that challenge I'm on and I will be on for the rest of my life, which is that idea of choosing greatness in every area of my life every single day. Because number one, I believe it's a choice. Um, and number two is I want to really maximize the life that I have um, and really live life to the fullest. So that's essentially where the name comes from. Um, and it's very important that I really believe we can choose greatness. And we can choose that every single day. Or on the other hand, we can choose not to. Whatever our experiences are, um, and kind of this name came from an experience I had where uh, something happened and I reacted in a very negative way. I said things that I wasn't happy about, um, or you treat somebody wrong in a certain situation. And out of that, um, I wasn't really as concerned um, about what happened to me, which was something that wasn't good. Um, but I, what I cared about was my reaction. And what I cared about was how I handled myself. And in that instance, it really challenged me to say, um, you recognize this in, uh, instance, Matt, of somewhere where you really 
didn't handle it like you should have. Um, and this is your challenge to every single day, no matter what happens to you, if it's good or bad or indifferent, you can choose greatness as you move through your life. So it's a challenge to myself. I think it's, it's, it's the first, it's a great name and the idea behind the name, it's greater. If I can say, because it's for me, I will say one, one percent better every day. Try to improve yourself a little bit every day. Yeah, for sure. And the name was also something that when I started or when I switched it over, I guess, until mm. from gratitude every day, which is still something I discuss quite a bit into greatness every day was something that um, I had a little bit of, of difficulty putting that name out there for a few reasons. Number one being the fact that um, it's a pretty bold name and mm. I'm not a very bold person. If a lot of people would kind of that know me would think of me or maybe grew up with me in high school and university. They'd, hmm. they'd hear what I'm doing now and they'd be like, Whoa, is this the same person that I talked about before? Um, so that's number one, why it was bold. But also number two is you see greatness every day and then you see a photo of me, right? The photo of me is because social media branding, like you're supposed to have a photo of you um, hmm. as your logo, basically. Uh, mm -hmm. It's important. More people with, will connect with it and so mm -hmm. on. So I had a problem matching me with this idea of greatness because again, if people do know me, um, they would have, some people would like me, some people wouldn't, some people would find this flaw in me. Some people would say I'm great. All of those things for me was really um, difficult for worrying about people's perceptions. Hmm. And again, it's this idea of I'm not perfect, but what I am striving for is the best that I possibly can be. And so I guess when I started it, um, I had this worry about what other people would think when they see greatness associated with my photo. Um, and in some ways um, that bothers me in some ways, but really it, it's been a process, but I've really gotten over that because if people don't know what I'm truly about mm. and what greatness every day is truly about, um, they're going to misinterpret that, but that's okay because that gives me an opportunity for people to really understand what I'm doing here. Um, and I'm excited about it. So yeah, the greatness every day has been an evolving thing to say the least. And I love, <clears throat> and I love the, I, I, I love your channel. Like the idea it's, it seems real, you know, it seems like it's a person that is really passing his idea about the subject, if it's investment, it's investment. If mm. it's health, it's health. I love that idea. And also the idea that about the photo, because it seems so small, but how much are you going from out from your comfort zone, you know? And how much mm. are you growing in just in the process to, to, to put yourself out? Like, I love it. I yeah, really love it. And that's one of the best things for me is just knowing how I can very easily fall into this idea of complacency or being content and happy with how things are going. Um, how can I always be pushing myself and getting uncomfortable? Um, and that idea of, and I think I've done a good job of this now, but becoming comfortable in the uncomfortable. Uh, that's been a big thing. That's been a process for me for sure. I love it. I love it. I love the idea, man. And let's talk a little bit now. I think we, we were already talking, but about purpose. Do you believe in having a purpose in life, a meaning? Mm -hmm. Yes. 
very shortly? Yes, uh, 100%. Just because um, if you don't know what your purpose is in life, in your job, in your relationships, um, you're just going to be going through those things and just having a coin flip. Is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? You're going to flip a coin and whatever happens, happens. And for me, um, I think that purpose has been something that's probably been instilled in me since a young age, or at least I could understand what it was and what my purpose was. But um, I also think my purpose has kind of changed and evolved over time um, in some regards. So do I believe that people should understand what their purpose is? Yes, without a doubt. Mm. Um, and should people figure that out soon? The sooner the better. But it still doesn't mean that if you're 50, 60, 70, 80 years old and you identify your purpose, you can still do amazing things with that. I think we get tied up um, a lot in the amount of time something happens, whether it's to achieve a goal, whether it's to um, discover your purpose or anything like that. We get so worried about the amount of time that it takes to do something or the time that we have left um, as an example. And we should be more focused on achieving that however long it takes, whenever we recognize it in our life. Um, yes, purpose is so important for people. And I love it. I love the idea that you have. Yeah. And sometimes we, we, we just don't wait for, for, we plant the seed, but we don't uh, wait for the time for the, the, the plant to grow. You know, we are mm -hmm. in the moment in our, I think like I will include myself that we are too impatient. You know, we want the results yesterday, you know, we don't give it the time, you know, the, Yes. No, it's a great illustration. I think it like, I, and for me, it is like, it's something that I'm training myself. Like, and what, what is your purpose? That's a good question. And I hope that I have an answer for people. Um, no, I do here. Um, I've always believed my purpose um, is very closely related to the job that I have. That doesn't have to be the case, but for me, that was the case. Hmm. Um, and I do believe that my purpose is to teach And I also believe that my purpose is to encourage. Um, I kind of believe those two things go hand in hand. Um, and yes, I do that as a career. I teach high school science. Yes, I encourage my students. I encourage the athletes that I coach and everything within that. So that is really my life, but also tied into the business that I have, which is really just an ongoing changing thing um, that's really taken up a huge portion of my life greatness every day like I do the exact same thing there it just looks different it's just a different subject um, and I think that from a, a young age that has also been something that I've known teaching has been something I've always wanted to do it's been something that um, I would say I'm good at um, and it's something that I really really enjoy so when you can find those things and tie them into together either as your job or something you do outside of your job or for whatever reason, uh, it can become really, really powerful. And like, I get up every single day, uh, I look at my life, whether it's a work day, whether it's a day that I'm gonna work on greatness every day, um, or anything else, like, I'm excited. And, and I'm coming back from those engagements, um, very excited as well. And I think when people do identify their purpose, um, and they live in that space, that's how you should feel. Yes, I think it's like, yeah, just in one word excitement i think it's it's a great mm -hmm. way and 
which advice do you give to me and to to the listeners and if viewers if you feel lost you don't know what is your purpose now how do you think that is the best way to find it yeah there's number one you're not alone um, there's a lot of people that would be looking and trying to identify that um, and whether that's there currently are or they're going to be um, i think that's a question that just as humans we ask ourselves and for me, like growing up, this was something like I can remember in high school, um, laying asleep or trying to go to bed, laying in my bed, trying to fall asleep um, and asking myself those big questions like, what is my purpose? Is there even purpose? How do we like, how do we get into this world that we live in? Things like that. So I was never afraid to ask myself those tough questions. And for people that are trying to identify their purpose or discover their purpose. Um, I, I believe that it happens in two ways. Sometimes you find it um, and sometimes your purpose finds you. So sometimes you find your purpose where you um, experience something, you um, just become unhappy or you become um, aware of what's happening in your life. And sometimes you find your purpose where um, you go out and you actively search for it. Sometimes your purpose finds you where, again, an experience happens in your life um, that you necessarily don't expect, um, but it reveals to you something that has happened for a reason and something that you can use um, to really um, shape your life around. And that's what I believe purpose is. Teaching and encouraging, as I said before, is mine. I've shaped my whole life around teaching and encouraging people. Um, through my experiences, my job, and everything else. For other people, I would say there's a few different ways to find it and identify it. Um, I say a lot of people will give you the advice of um, ask your five or 10 closest friends and family, um, get them to tell you what you're good at, right? So somebody says, oh, you're, you're good at cooking. You're an amazing chef. Um, that's going to be your purpose. Like, and if everybody's saying that, well, maybe that's what your purpose is to share the delight um, of culinary and food with people and bring people together that way. Um, you can do amazing things with that. That is an extremely powerful purpose. Just the exact same way as for me, I said teaching and encouraging, I really believe is my purpose. You can do amazing things with that as well. Um, so sometimes you're able to um, have other people identify what you're good at. And that could be a purpose that you have that really you might not have recognized, you might not have realized, or you might not have valued as much as your community does. So that could be one of the ways to get clear on that. Um, I am also a big believer that you can also choose your purpose. You can also say, I want to become a great teacher. I want to become somebody who works and lives and makes my community better, or I want to become the best athlete or whatever. I also believe that you do have choice in your purpose, right? Um, it doesn't mean it's going to happen right away. It doesn't mean it's going to happen overnight. But by choosing what you want your purpose to be, um, you can do that. And there's a lot of people out there that would say you can't. But um, I'm seeing that happen in my world. Um, I'm seeing that happen. I'm seeing that become something that um, I've identified and never in the wildest dreams that I've had would I ever thought that I would have an online business. And that ties greatly 
into the purpose that I have right now because through my online business, I'm able to grow personally, professionally in so many different areas. I'm also able to impact other people doing that. And then I'm able to use that impact and take that impact to impact even more people, to bring more growth to my life, to bring more teaching and encouraging to the community that I have. Um, and it, and it continues from there. And, and so that's kind of why I believe in the two parts to it. Number one is asking people and understanding what you're good at, what you think about all the time, what if you didn't have anything else to do, you would go ahead and do in your day in your time with all your energy, with your money, et cetera. Um, and then on the other hand, shaping the purpose that you want to create. Um, and I've kind of seen that in my life and that's why I have a twofold answer to that. Um, but the biggest thing would be being open to recognizing your purpose because you do have to recognize it. Sometimes things happen and it completely shapes your world, reshapes your world, completely destroys your world. I don't know the situation. Um, but if you're not open to recognizing and understanding it, uh, you're going to miss it or you're going to realize it very long after. I think it's a great answer. And the, <clears throat> I love and the combination of both. I think it's maybe you ask and like like you said it, the people will say like, man, you are a great cooker, and you you maybe think to yourself, I love to cook. Like, I think it's a great combination. Like, great, 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 great. And let's talk. I know that you are you are talking about money. Let's talk a little bit about. Person, uh, personal fin finance, which advice yeah. you will give to the common people to, to start in coming out of the, the rat race, if we can call it? Yeah. So what advice? Number one, just get in control of it. Because a lot of times people think about our money controlling the way that we live or how we interact in relationships or all every aspect of our life money is a, a huge portion of what we do and some of the reasons we do things as well it's just something we can't avoid in our life um so just getting in control of it and one of the things that i've done is in the last probably two years as well really gotten serious about my money uh, really kind of stepped things up in terms of financially because uh, i would say that like i've always had money in my bank account i never had to worry about um, the balance that was in my bank account or, or what I was going to do or if I was going to eat and so on. Hmm. Um, again, I, I had money in my bank account. I never had like tons of money in my bank account. Um, but then when I got serious about how I use my money, that really changed a lot of what I do because I could explain to you how my money fit into the purpose that I have. So taking it back to purpose, hmm. when you talk about purpose, one of the things that I really like to talk about are your values. And that's why I believe um, really getting clear on your purpose and your values is one of the most important things you can do. Perhaps I would say the most important thing you can do is get clear on your values. And when I got clear on my values, then that started to shape the mindset and the ideas that I had around money. And with that, um, I started knowing what my values were and I started understanding how every single dollar fit into furthering those values or enhancing those values. So for the everyday person, you control your money. It doesn't control you. You control the life that you want to live and the vehicle that you do that partially 
is through money. So uh, I would encourage people to, I don't want to just talk about get a budget, but getting a budget is really important. I actually just did up a, a refreshed budget for me where you take a percentage and you go ahead and you identify obviously your assets and your liabilities where assets are things that add money into your pocket. Liabilities are things that take money out of your pocket. So for me, an asset as an example would be the, obviously the salary that I have coming in. Yes. It would also be things like my online business. It would also be things like um, selling some of the digital products like a book or an online course that I have, et cetera. Um, liabilities would be things like maybe potentially a home, a car, um, a cell phone bill, internet, and things like that. So basically, very simply, adding more assets, things that make you money, and then having less liabilities. So, so things that take money out of your pocket. And really that's the simplest way that I would encourage people to get started and serious about the personal finance. One of the best things that you can do is for a month, two months, three months, track your finances, track every single dollar that you spend so that you can understand where your financial habits are, right? Understanding how much money you, you put towards um, something like eating out or how much money you spend on gas or a transit pass, how much money you um, just waste online buying things impulsively or going shopping or, or whatever. Once you understand that, it really reveals a lot of habits that you have and the habits you have might be different from the habits that you think you have. And really you're going to have proof uh, when your bank account is showing you that. And that's the biggest thing that I did is I got clear on what I was spending and how I was spending it. And then I learned and I learned, I say this, I learned because it was something that has been ongoing for the last two years um, where I wanted my money to start going. So for me, I've got money that I, I invest a certain portion, which I don't know if we're going to talk about investing, but I love that one for sure. Um, that's been a big game changer for me. Um, I got serious on money that I was giving to like charities or um, uh, my church and so on. I got serious about uh, what I was doing with my money in terms of I would select a portion and give that into myself for areas like personal development and personal growth. I'd go ahead and, and work in health and fitness. I'd go ahead and work in these different areas that again, furthered my values. So, um, Getting in control of your money is one of the biggest tips. Um, and I've got plenty more tips uh, for people to do that. But that's where I would start. Add more assets, have less liabilities, and understand where and why you're using your money. Man, it's, it's, I love it. I love it. I love the idea. But yeah, let's go. And like you said, it, it's so important to first know where you are spending your money. And after just like you, you put it in one of your videos and post it like dividing like invest in your yeah. personal growing invest in your education invest in some stocks or crypto yeah. currency if like i don't know but every, let's every, tell me everything we do with investments here like everything that we do is an investment in something like how we use our money, we, we should consider everything an investment in it. We can make good investments or we can make bad investments. We can make investments in, yes, money in our bank account, in stocks and cryptocurrency, which are topics I love to go into. Hmm. Um, or at the same time, we make investments in health 
we make investments in buying a new pair of running shoes or a gym membership, or uh, we also make investments in food. Sometimes we make good investments in food, healthy, nutritious things that we um, should be eating and really benefit us and bring us further, or we make bad investments, maybe things like eating too much fast food that take up um, and really destroy our body over time. So everything is investment, whether we're talking about financial or not. So I'd really encourage people to think um, about money in that way as well. I love like, and <clears throat> I love your idea. Like everything, it's investment. Like the food that you put in, the, the education that you put in, the, the financial education that you put it and I, I love your idea, but let's go a little bit about investments in the, the, in the financial department for the, the beginner, how we should start if you want to start investing in general in Europe or in America. Great point. Um, you got to start very briefly. That's the, the simplest answer I can give you. You have to start. Um, and you can start a few different ways. Some people will like to go ahead and start by um, using like a practice account or a fake account that allows you to like simulate it. And that mm -hmm. might be the best place for some people, maybe in their circumstances in life. Um, but I know for me, um, I spent probably at least a good year, if not longer, researching and with that research, I wanted to learn how to really use my money and grow my money as well. Have my money work for me instead of me working for money. So I put my time in and I've got, there we go. Rich dad, poor dad. I love it. Good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great book. Uh, one of my favorite ones for sure. And understanding how to do that. And we talked about assets and liabilities. That's one of the ways to do it. Investing is an asset. If you make a good investment, um, it's an asset, um, but investing is an asset. And for me, when I started to track my net worth, um, hmm. not worrying so much about a specific number, like I don't worry about the number. What I do care about is that it is increasing though, month after month. Um, I'm not tracking it every single day. The end of every month, I go ahead, I track my net worth. I, I've got columns where I list my assets, I list my liabilities, net worth. What I care about at the end is that I see an increase in it. Whether that's $1,000, that's an increase. Whether that's $10,000, that's an increase. If it's more than that, obviously I would welcome that. Um, but when it comes to tracking my net worth, um, that is one of the biggest things that really allowed to see me, allowed, to, allowed me to see the growth that was coming with that. Through investing, my net worth started to grow big time when I started investing. And it's really simple. And that's why I like investing so much because just regular going ahead and setting a specific percentage of your salary or an income into your investments and just doing that consistently every two weeks or however often you get paid. Um, just it's called dollar cost averaging. So let's say you make a thousand dollars every two weeks, that's your paycheck. You take that $1,000. You're going to take even as simple as 10% of that money. You're going to invest it. Um, there's a few different ways to invest it. One of the best ways is through what we call index funds or ETFs. And I want to say this, like I'm recommending this stuff uh, for people to definitely get into and learn more. Am I a financial advisor? No, but I have seen 
my net worth grow as a result of it and grow way faster than I realized um, or ever expected as somebody who didn't know anything about this. I've never taken a business course in school. I've never done these things like officially, um, but I am very well versed in it now because I put the time in. But one of the best things that people can do as a way to protect themselves from the risk that is involved in investing is buy an index fund or an ETF, right? It doesn't matter where they buy that around the world, but essentially what an ETF is, is a top 500 companies like the S&P 500 as one example of a potential index fund. You buy the top 500 companies. So that what it does is it protects you because you're buying 500 companies instead of just taking something and going and investing it in something like Tesla or Apple or an individual company. Um, you're buying 500 companies. So if one of those companies goes up, your index, your money goes up. If one of those companies goes down, there's less risk because there'd be 499 other companies hopefully going up and would counterbalance that, right? So you're diversifying yourself. And one of the simplest things you can do, even if um, like somebody that I know that I've talked to about investing, they don't have any desire to be like watching the charts and seeing all the numbers and the red and the, the green and how everything changes, right? If you just took a portion, 10, 20, 30% of your regular paycheck, and consistently invested it in the market as it goes up and as it goes down, uh, the gains that you're going to have are going to be way higher than anybody that's trying to time the market, buying individual companies, trying to time the high, sell high, buy low, um, all of that stuff. Just doing that consistently, time week in, week out, just doing that with a regular schedule. As the market goes up, you buy some. As the market goes down, you buy some. Uh, you're going to beat something like 95% of all um, owned hedge funds that are out there. So it's, it's incredible to see that just by doing something simply that you can set up once and you can walk away years later without really touching it and, and actively managing it um, and seeing some of the gains that can come from that are incredible. But um, that could be the easiest option for people. Some people might, might want to take their money depending on their financial status and going ahead and researching individual companies and who runs those companies and their future outlooks and things like that. And that is where you're going to see potentially more of a gain, but at the same time, potentially more risk if you don't do your homework and your research properly. So um, that's one of the biggest things about investing is it is risky. But if you do it properly, you're going to learn how to do it properly. And there's ways to protect your risk. And there's uh, so many different things. So that's why at the beginning, I said, start. It doesn't matter if you start with $100. It doesn't matter if you start with $1,000 um, or $100,000. You need to do your research. You need to get into it and understand what you're doing. I'm not saying throw money around. Hmm. But what you do need to do as well is really just start. For me, I look at some of the experiences I've had uh, while investing and it's not day trading or anything like that. What I do is long-term investing, uh, buying good companies that I believe in um, for various reasons, right? And with that, even in the losses, you're going to learn. So even if I lose some money, I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn this is what I did wrong. I invested in this company and uh, this is why it went wrong. I invested in this company and 
their CEO wasn't a good person. Their idea was, but their CEO wasn't a good person. And I really didn't believe the vision that he had for the company. That's why I went wrong. So in the next time, I might have lost $1,000 as an example. But when my portfolio grows and I continue making some of these moves and some of these investments, maybe eventually it's going to make me 10000 Maybe eventually it's going to make me $100,000 because of those lessons that I've learned. And that's why I really encourage people to start. I think it's a great advice. And, yeah, and doing it's the best way to learn. But I think also that you, you are right about doing the research. Uh, um, how you can start doing the research? Do you read uh, uh, any book, any articles? What do you mean by doing the research? Can you define it? Yeah, for me, the best way to do the research, and, and like I said, I really kind of researched for probably even over a year, um, and I'm always ongoing doing the research. Um, but for me, I bought my first stock, put a little bit of money into the market, and then I just learned. I just learned and learned and learned. And for me, that was greatly timed because with all of that, the big thing is, as we've learned because of the whole pandemic stuff that's happened. Um, I was waiting for that moment. So I had learned for about a year or more before I had been waiting for that moment of, okay, we have a recession on average every seven to eight years. It's been 11 years since this happened. Uh, like it's going to happen. Sometime. Right. So I, I was learning and I was researching and I was expecting that to happen, anticipating that to happen. I didn't know that it was this, crazy situation we find ourselves in. Um, but I did know that there would be a time where I would be able to double or triple my net worth. And I remember in the research that I did before, I would always hear about that, the, uh, the potential during a recession or a hard economic time to double or triple your net worth. And I thought that was absolutely crazy. And the crazy thing to me now is the fact that I'm sitting here in October and I'm like, that actually happened for me. Um, and I'm like, wow, like this has been a crazy kind of last two years for me to actually get into this. But how do I do the research? Um, number one, if you have somebody in your life that is good in this area, is good financially, has the wisdom and discernment to be able to decide and figure out what the right thing is. Um, the best way to do it is learn from somebody who's done it. And that's a good lesson for life. If we're talking about money, if we're talking about athletics, if we're talking about um, a specific career you want to do, the best way, the fastest way, the way that's going to get you there um, the quickest without spending a lot of money and wasting all that stuff is going ahead and learning from somebody who's done it. And that's why I'm a big um, proponent and encourager for people to find good mentors. And whether it's a financial mentor or another area of your life, that is one of the best things you can do. Mentorship, that looks a few different ways. I actually count the people that I watch on YouTube in many ways as a mentor, right? They're giving me research. They're giving me ideas. Um, you're developing some relationship with them potentially if you're commenting on their videos, you're sharing their videos, you're engaging with their content elsewhere. Maybe you join one of their mastermind programs or you join... Um, a different program or something by their online course, et cetera. Um, I would call that a digital mentor, right? From there, you can get personal mentors uh, that either happen in person. They also happen virtually. Um, there's a lot of different ways, but I believe massively in mentorship for various reasons. Uh, if you want to 
get somewhere the fastest way, it's through learning how somebody else does it. Doesn't mean you copy their exact move um, because all situations are different. But when you do that, um, the growth that comes from that is absolutely uh, massive. So that is one of the best things that I would recommend. I also read a lot of books, some financial books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad um, is one of the best ones that I think everybody should read because it really challenges your idea of money. And hmm. in some ways, if you look at society as a whole, um, I think some stats that I've read recently about uh, kind of money and economy in Canada, and you can relate that to the States and potentially like Europe or other areas sure. is Canadians have like about a dollar seventy, they spend about a dollar seventy for every one dollar that they own. And so, like, if I'm trying to consider knowledge as what most people does, good, um, I'm going to be in debt, and that's not a place that I want to be with my life. I want to be very in control of my money situation so that I can do the things that I want to do, right? So maybe believing the consensus and what the media might be telling you about money and all of those things, maybe that's where not to go. Um, and I'm sure there are good things there, but what I would say is go to alternate sources or people that are really um, taking a, a good look at what money is and what economy is and learn for yourself, be able to think critically about it so that if you do watch something um, on different financial websites or financial YouTube channels or financial TV channels, you're able to think clearly and discern and say, yes, I agree with this. This is why, or no, I don't. Um, I think we should be able to see and identify truth um, and know what is truth and what isn't truth um, when we do encounter it. So that would be something else I would do reading. Yes, there are some great books out there um, that I would really encourage people to really challenge their money mindset. Some great stuff on, online with YouTube and different blogs for people. Um, even things like um, social media, just in general, like there's some incredible content on TikTok, which is out there now. And uh, people are really short one minute video that can really get you interested and give you some introductory information into something that you might not have seen if you watched a, a 20 minute uh, long YouTube video sure. because you're going to get the important pieces, right? So there's that stuff. But the biggest thing I would say is learn and also just find a mentor. Find somebody who's done this stuff that you can reach out to and that you want to learn from. And I think it's a, a great advice, a great because <clears throat> it's not that you have to copy, but if you can go for like just follow somebody's steps. It's just maybe take you less time. Maybe yep. what you could do in four years, it will take you two years because like you had already the problems, you know, like I think it's, yeah. it's just make it easier. Yeah. And I'd encourage people to think about uh, something in their life where now they are very good at, right? If mm -hmm. you had started and, and we took you back to that very beginning time and you started everything again, it might've taken you, like you said, maybe five years to get to, mm -hmm. but if I was to give you that exact same task or job or whatever it is right now in the current things that you've learned, it might take you a year to get to maybe two years to get and complete everything. And that's what a mentor does. It, it expedites your success. Um, and that's why I'm a huge believer in that. Me too. Me too. Me too. I'm also a big believer on that. Now I want to go a little bit talk about mindset. How you describe your mindset? 
mindset. Like my mindset would be somebody that's very positive and encouraging and uh, resilient would be a big word for me to use, I guess, if we're looking at that, not backing down from whatever the challenge is and knowing that however long it takes me, um, however many tries it takes me to do something, I'm going to make it happen um, again. And that's just what mindset means to me um, in all, like the mindset, the ability to recognize how you feel, the ability to push those feelings aside and accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, whether you feel good about that, whether you don't feel good about that, um, just being persistent in encouraging that. So I would say that um, I hope other people that know me would be able to say the exact same thing when they were to talk about me. Um, they'd probably throw some things like positive in there and encouraging. Again, that would definitely line in with um, the values and what I believe my purpose is. Um, so those are some of the things that I would say my mindset would be. Man, you talk a lot about values. Let's, uh, how important is, is to know your values? And if you don't know your values, how, how, how you can find it? Because I think it's for you. I think it's a big part of your character. Mm. Yeah. And that's something that um, for me, I could probably always tell you what is important what's been important to me throughout the various stages of my life. When I was a kid, when I kind of went into university and, and after that as an adult, let's say, um, but your values are essentially the most important things to you. And they're essentially what I would say is you determine what your values are by thinking about how you want to live your life, thinking about what you want your life to become and thinking about what is the most important things to you. So for values, um, you get really clear on it. Um, I've had a, a, my mentor actually. So we talked about mentorship before. Uh, I've had an incredible mentor, Joel Brown, who runs addicted to success, uh, who's created that into uh, an extremely successful brand, but impacted thousands of people and millions of people. If you look at what they've done really through their podcast, their YouTube channels, um, and, and Joel's been killing it. But with that, um, he really, a few years ago, walked me through this exercise and really challenged me to get serious about what is important to me. The most important things in my life that I know that when I'm doing these things, I'm going to be super happy, super engaged, super fulfilled with my life. Um, and so values for me are those important things. For me, I look at things like my faith. That's very important to me. I look at the relationships that I have. That's extremely important to me with friends and family and loved ones. I look at things like my health. I look at things like the ability to encourage and challenge myself and do that to others as well. That idea of self-development is my fourth value. And the fifth value that I have um, is, I just had a blank there, freedom. And the reason I had a blank was because I initially started with four values. I said, these are the four things that are important to me. Um, and then after a few months, I just felt like there was something missing. There was something else as to why I do greatness every day, why I've, I, I build my whole world around that. And it was this idea of freedom. And so those five values um, I identified and I would challenge people to do this. And I've got videos up um, online um, on YouTube about it. If you type in like, how to identify your personal core values or something like that. But basically with values, you can get clear on it by number one, writing down all of the things that are important to you. All of the things that matter to you um, is one of the best ways to do it. Whether that's 
10 things, whether that's 50 things, 100 things, just jot them down when they come to your head. Everything that's important to you, what matters to you, write them down. And then I have a list that you can cross-reference that with that might uh, explain a few things that might be important to you as well. And then from there, you break it down into groups. You start taking those terms and you group them into three, four, five categories, something like that. No more than five because for values, um, you want to be able to get specific about what does matter. What is the most important things that matter to you? And then from there, you basically come up with like a heading for each of those different categories. You might have three, you might have four, you might have five, you might have two to start out. Um, you come up with a heading. So one word that represents that entire category. And essentially that is the value that you have. So I named through my five values. I shared them with the listeners here. Um, and the big thing for me is when I got clear about my values, it allowed me to say yes to all of those things that are in line with my values, right? Somebody asks me if I want to go um, hiking a mountain for a weekend trip and we're going to go do that. Sure. Okay. I say yes, because that's in line with the values, right? It's in line with spending time in developing my relationships. It's in line with improving my health. It's in line with increasing that sense of freedom that I have. And it's in line with the um, self-development. You could also even argue that some people would say, and I do say this in some ways that it's in line with increasing the faith and spirituality that I have, right? So boom, that one task is all five items in line with the values that I have, whether we're talking about money, right? I'm going to go, one of the reasons I invest, I invest because I want to live a life that I enjoy. But in terms of living a life that I enjoy, it comes back to my values. I want to invest for those reasons of I can make a contribution, which increases the faith in the world that I have to the world. I can go ahead and improve my relationships by using my money to do that. I can go ahead and make sure that I'm always increasing my health by having more money around where I'm able to buy better food or buy better um, equipment or experiences that allow me to increase my health, whatever it is. I can go ahead and spend my money on things that um, improve my self-development, like mentorship, buying books, buying online courses, spending time going to an event or something like that. And then the fifth one, there is freedoms. If I have my money and I use it wisely and I'm smart and intentional with it, I can have complete freedom um, in terms of what that means to me. So everything we do comes down to our values. And we, when we say yes to those things, um, we're happy and we're fulfilled and we're content and we're in such a good space that you look at when you didn't know what your values were, you're like, how did I go through every single day like that? I just kind of went through the day expecting things to happen and some things happened and some things didn't. And, okay, whatever, I'm going to go to bed and I'm going to do the exact same thing the next day. But when you know your values and you get clear on that, it allows you to say, like I said before, yes to those things that are in line with it and serve them. Maybe more importantly, though, we're saying no to the things that are. So we're saying no to, hey, do you want to go and go crazy one weekend and have a, go to a bunch of parties and get drunk and all that stuff? You're saying no to those things because it's not in line with the values that you have. You're saying no to going in and, and talking bad about your employer because it's not in line with the values you have and so much. So there's a lot there, but that's a, a simple message that I would really encourage people to, to walk through, try that activity. 
you can find it on the YouTube channel or just send me a DM on Instagram. Um, I'd be happy to send that to people. And, and really, 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 if you're going to take anything away from this call, do that exercise, get clear on what your values are and understand specifically um, how they fit into your life. And I love the idea. And, and I understand it because it's like everything, it goes around of your values. Every activity that you do in your daily life it goes around of your values or not. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and there are some times where I can very specifically say, um, like I just did those examples, I know how they line in with what my values are. And that is most of the time for me. There are times as well where I'm not too worried about doing things like um, I don't worry about them because I know that it's, it's neither going to be good or bad for what I do. So I don't worry about that too much. I don't sit there before I'm doing something and, and say, does this check off all the boxes for the values I have? Right. Sometimes I do, but at the same time, like you just kind of live in that state and you hmm. know what is in line with your values or not. It feels right or it feels wrong. Sometimes you don't right. need to do, the to do a box yeah. because it, you do a, like a, a inner box. Yeah. Like, yeah that's a good point. Yeah. Like you were saying, and I love the idea, like you, you started with four values and after you, like, I don't know how you wanted to call it, like your inner voice, your intuition, you like, there is something like, mm, it's something missing. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and that was something that freedom, like I never knew I had that value until I got clear on what my values were. And I said, yeah, like that inner, inner voice was saying, there's something bigger here. There's something you're, you're not spending all your time after work from four o'clock until 12 o'clock at night, working on greatness every day, learning, reading those books, developing yourself and improving what you do. You're not just doing that for any reason. Like there's a bigger reason to what you're doing here. Um, and for me, a large part of that was the freedom piece. And that's why um, I do what I do. And that's why um, again, getting clear on your values is important because what you think might be your values might actually not be what you're living out, right? So your values should be something that people can very specifically that know you well, be able to say, yes, these two, three, four, five things are what is important to Matt. And I see that just by watching him. So I hope that people that know me would be able to say, yes, his faith is important to him. Relationships are something he values. Health is something that he makes a priority in his life. Self-improvement, no doubt, if you look at what he's doing. And then freedom. That's the reason he's doing all of these things. How it ties in those five values. If somebody that knows me is able to say those things, then obviously that is what's important to me. But if I'm saying, oh, these are my values, and then somebody on the other side that knows me well, not just somebody passing by, is able to say, hey, buddy, you think that those are your values, but really what we see on the outside here, nowhere even close. That would be an issue, right? So people have to get clear on that and then understand and take a step back and look, is this how I'm living my life? Like great, great, great. And I like it. it's, it's so true and it's so important. And I, I never, I never like had that deep understanding about how important is values. And like it's, 
it's a good, yeah. great way to point it like great 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 now let's uh, i wanted to ask you something that i, I forget about like still about the pers uh, the personal finance about cryptocurrency okay. what it is how we can invest mm -hmm. that's a great one um uh, and something that um I like a lot uh, for a number of different reasons. So crypto, and I'm, I'm glad we went back and sorry Vasco for not uh, jumping into that when we talked about it. No, nothing. What is cryptocurrency? It's the latest buzzword for the last two or three years, probably for most people since they understood um, it. Um, basically with cryptocurrency, the easiest way, and we can get very technical here and I, I won't do that for people listening right now. Um, but the easiest way to describe it is essentially a digital currency. So just like we have money in terms of fiat money where US dollars or pesos or euros or Canadian dollars, whatever the currency is in your area of the world. Um, just like that, well, at one time we had gold. That is what people, gold and minerals and such is how people um, exchanged value. Um, cryptocurrency has kind of moved into this world of the digital world where we're at, where we're progressing more and more towards every single day. Um, that's essentially the easiest way to describe it to the <laughs> listeners. It's a digital currency. Um, examples would be something like Bitcoin, Ethereum. Um, you can name many different ones as well. There's like about 1500 different currencies that are out there, but consistently in the top two or three, I guess we'd round that out with ripple, um, for a lot of people consistently over the past few years, those would be the top three. Um, but basically what the whole premise is of it. And again, with every different cryptocurrency comes a different purpose. The whole premise for the majority of them is the fact that, um, as banks allow us to store our money there. Um, some people do not like the ability of control that banks have. So with cryptocurrency, um, there was a creation of some of the coins or the cryptocurrencies that are out there with the whole purpose of people being able to control their money, people being able to do with their money what they want to do. So that means I want to buy something. I'm able to buy something with my cryptocurrency. I don't have to go through a bank or a middle person, I guess, let's say, um, because Sometimes doing that, we're charged fees and a variety of other things. Um, so I should be able to control my money uh, however I want. Um, with cryptocurrency, if I want to send money to somebody across the world, right? When I used to live in the Caribbean, I taught there for, for a few years, I would eventually every month or two months send uh, wire transfers back. So from doing that, I'd lose a couple hundred dollars depending on the wire transfer how fast it was and so on. So with cryptocurrency though, what we're saying is people want to create cryptocurrencies where fees are very, very low or maybe even non-existent um, to be able to send money around the world instantly. So you're able to go through and send, instead of me doing a wire transfer through a bank, I'm able to just send it from a certain, what we call digital wallets, which is a way to store it. I'm able to send that over to a, a digital wallet that I have at my house, for example, or it's not really something you store in your home, but um, again, it's hard for people to understand them trying to figure out how much detail to go into, but essentially that's it. And that's one of the purposes to allow people to control their money without having other organizations or other people kind of controlling that. So uh, cryptocurrency is something that for an investing perspective, 
Um, I have invested um, a certain portion of what I have invested in cryptocurrency. Um, I started in 2017. Um, to be honest, there was a huge rush at the end of 2017 hmm. where um, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies hit extreme all-time highs. Um, and there was a lot of hype in the news about it. I started about three weeks before after waiting for a few months. So it's not like I got started in like 2011, uh, which would have been like insane amounts of growth from then until now. Um, but at the exact same time, when I did get started, um, it was before that big rush. I didn't try to time the market, sell out or anything like that. I just really had been interested in it in a, in a, for a little bit, but didn't know enough about it. So bought some cryptocurrency and then three weeks later saw it go flying through the roof. And I was like, what Whoa. is this world? Like, this is incredible. Um, at the same time, didn't know what to do and didn't really know the landscape well at that time. Um, so I just left it in there and thought it was going to grow forever. Um, since then it, it has come down quite a bit, but if you look at the growth that's happened since then, um, it's kind of just going up consistently. And I really think that's a good thing because you can't have something that shoots up and then shoots down and shoots up. Um, yeah. and you can't have that sustainably. So I do think we're moving into a world where the technology is advancing so often every single day, every year, every decade, the growth that comes with decades would be almost incomparable uh, in a lot of ways. But I also believe that we are moving towards digital currencies. Um, if you just look at the world, you look at certain nations around the world where they're already doing this, like places like China through things like WeChat um, and different technology and apps they use. Like People are doing this. It's just a matter of what does it look like in five to 10 years. And that's, for me, what my investing time looks like. My outlook would be a long-term approach with cryptocurrency at least. So anything that I have put into crypto, I've said, I'm gonna put that in. I'm not gonna to touch it for like 10 years time. I'm not even gonna worry about how much there is. I'm just gonna look at every once in a while, putting money into a crypto account where I'm buying it. And I think you would ask how to buy it. Um, depending on what country you live in, um, depending on what different, what we call is a cryptocurrency exchange that allows you to buy it, whether you fund the exchange uh, with cash or uh, through an e-transfer or through your bank, depending on who you bank with, um, you're able to fund the account and then from there buy something like Bitcoin or Ethereum or Nano, XRP, it doesn't matter uh, what you're trying to do. Every exchange offers a different variety of what you can purchase. Um, and from there, um, the important thing to do is if people are interested in that, um, again, um, I've got a video that's like how to get started in, in cryptocurrency for beginners. Like basically, what is cryptocurrency from a beginner's outlook and mindset where I kind of break this stuff down. Um, on the YouTube channel, that stuff's out there, but you can go on to different um, platforms, buy that. One of the best things that I do for people is I say to them, listen, if you own or have bought cryptocurrency, you don't completely own it until you get it off an exchange. Because if there was an issue with an exchange, if something shut down, um, somebody lost the password, which sounds so crazy, but it can happen in the digital world. Um, and there are backups, yes, but people are losing or 
I shouldn't say are, have in the past lost um, sometimes large amounts of money from doing this. It's an investment. It can be risky, but one of the ways to protect yourself is to take it off the exchange by transferring it either to what we call cold storage. So that looks like um, a paper wallet and mm. we're getting very technical here, um, but no, it's, it's a okay. way, okay. It's a, it's a way to save your money into a form that you control kind of like paper money. You can store it on your own. You can store it um, in a safety deposit box at a bank. As an example, you could put it in a, a bag in a safe and bury it under a tree somewhere. Um, people just like having control of what they mm. own rather than have it stored somewhere digitally because this is the flip side. Banking can be good because if I had a problem, I can go to my bank and hopefully they can resolve it for me. But when it comes to cryptocurrency, if you're storing massive amounts of money uh, online in the digital world where there are big fluctuations of 10% in a day, that's something that's very heard of. Um, it's also 10% down in a day. It's sometimes in a week, you might crash down 20%, right? Depending on the week, but you also might have 30% growth. So there are um, issues associated with that, but the long-term horizon that I have, just buying into cryptocurrency, um, storing it on your own, like I said, in terms of cold storage, paper storage on a paper wallet, or you can go and buy um, different hardware wallets that allow you to store coins on like something like I would say a USB drive, let's just say. Hmm. Uh, that kind of allows you to have a little bit more control of the amounts that you have. So that's cryptocurrency. Just to summarize it very quickly, very briefly, um, in my potential belief, I have chosen, and again, not financial advice because cryptocurrency is a volatile space. Um, hmm. I do expect and hope that over the long term, it becomes less and less volatile. Uh, but this is an investment that um, I've chosen to make a certain percent of percentage of consistently because um, I do believe that's where we're headed five, 10 years, maybe even faster than that in some mm -hmm. ways. But I do believe there will be a time in our lifetime where I want to send money um, around the world to somebody that I'm working with. Maybe I hire a video editor in Africa somewhere. I want to send money to that person. I'm able to just click a button and send money to them. Um, and there's various other things that come with that as well. But that's cryptocurrency uh, in a nutshell, hopefully. Um, and again, it just comes down to, to investing and those habits that we have, even doing something as simple as investing a very small percentage of what we do um, into cryptocurrency could prove to multiply our money in the long run. So um, those are some of the skills and habits that I've put in place for my cryptocurrency investment. Would I love to go all in cryptocurrency 100% and have Bitcoin or another cryptocurrency I believe in shoot up to $100,000 a coin? Yeah, no doubt. Um, but at the same time with that, um, there are people out there that say only invest 1% of your whole investing portfolio in cryptocurrency. And the gains that come from that might be massive while mitigating and lowering the risk that you have. So that's something that I'd really encourage people again if you have a mentor or you know somebody who's been in this space um, or you're looking for somebody, mentorship and somebody that's way smarter than me um, could probably be a good avenue for you to pursue it and look into a little bit more. Man, but I love your idea. Like, and, and the way the first the explanation, it was, I think it was like for dummies. I think everybody it will understand because you make it 
easier to understand. I think it's it's just a way to escape the feats of a bank, first of all, I think, mm-hmm. in a way. And I like your way you do you don't put all your eggs in a basket. You yeah. invest a little bit maybe in the stocks, a little bit in the crypto in Bitcoin or another kind of digital coins. Don't put mm-hmm. everything in one basket. I think it's it's also a good advice that you give it. Uh, yeah. Investing is risky, hmm. but there are also ways to protect the risk that you have um, and diversification and mixing up your different assets are, are ways to do that. So um, if you're going to learn anything when you're looking at investing and learning things, um, I would really encourage people to understand how they can mitigate their risk. That is potentially one of the best things that you can do um, as you go ahead and invest. And how do you think that we can mitigate our risks by educate ourselves? Or yeah, we... yeah. So um, I don't like plugging things, but hmm. there's a secret coming out. I have been working on an investing mindset course. Again, I'm not a financial advisor, um, so I will never say to somebody, "Buy Tesla at this price and sell it at this price." As much as I love Tesla as a company and it's been good to me. Um, as much as I say um, cryptocurrency is something that I believe is going to be a, a part of what we do in the future, I could be totally wrong. But <laughs> what I'm doing here is I am creating um, a financial portfolio, a strategy that I have for my money that I really do believe in. Um, at the exact same time, if I'm wrong in something, I have ways to protect and mitigate that. So one of the things that I'm going to talk about in this course is basically the six principles that I used for my investments, and it applies to stocks and cryptocurrency. And it's more so teaching the investing mindset around it. So one of the ways and one of the points there would be to mitigate your risks. And what I call it is diversification, as many people talk about it. So Examples of stocks, I could buy one stock, one company, that company could go up or it could go down, crash and fail. Um, Or I could buy 500 stocks. I could buy a stock that covers those top 500. And so if there is that company crashes or whatever, I'm protected by those 499 Hmm. other ones. So that is one of the simplest ways that people can protect their risk through something like diversification. And now you are actually seeing, even in the crypto space, index and ETF funds um, go out there and buy, let's say, the top five or 10 cryptocurrencies um, as a way to protect your risk. Something that's really interesting because you haven't seen that um, be regulated until the last year or so. So that's really interesting to see where that's going to go um, over time. Another way to do it is, yeah, just research, research, research. Understand um, who the companies are, who is behind them running the company. Um, understand some of the numbers behind the company. And I'm not um, going to say spend hours upon hours doing what they call in the investing space, technical analysis, looking at Mm -hmm. charts and comparing them. Um, I think there's some simple things that you need to know, but outside of that, uh, you don't need to be worried about a lot of those other things. But one of the biggest things uh, would just be to be doing your research. And it's it's always a, a constant thing that I'm doing. While I'm cooking, I'm listening to, Um, an investing video, whether it's Mm. a mindset video, whether it's specifically about a certain company to see what um, the forecast looks for the next few years or Mm. whatever. Um, I'm always kind of researching and learning when I have time. 
And when I don't have time, I'm not fretting about it. I'm not worried about it because if I was always checking my um, email or email accounts, I was saying, or if I was checking my bank account, I should say, um, I couldn't handle that. I'm not going to be investing. I trust the investments that I've made. I've trust that I've protected myself. Um, and, and going forward from there, um, I just kind of let it happen. And I love it because I, I see maybe I'm wrong and you will say me, but you see the investment as something in the long run, not as something to make you rich today, but something that is growing. Right. Yeah. And, and with that growth comes compound, right? Compounding. And, and over time, if you look at any video or topic or idea related to compound interest, compound investing, uh, it's, amazing how if somebody was to start investing even a small percentage of what they do what that money would turn into 10 20 30 40 years later uh, i've talked to some of my high school students about this and this is something that school a lot of people say doesn't teach you well um, and so we've been able to jump into some of these kind of quick lessons about investing like if i invested give me a number and they yell out 200 so if i invested 200 every two weeks and i did that consistently and every year it gave me a growth rate of let's say five percent hmm. over 20 years and five percent really is small compared to the last 10 years if you look at those etfs that i suggested before how they have grown uh, they've hmm. grown a, a lot in comparison to that um, cryptocurrency space even more but if i invested that consistently over time Look how much money you'd make. And that idea of compounding and just consistently doing it. Um, every time I look at the numbers, it just blows me out of the water uh, when I see that stuff. It, it's an, insane to think that just the simple, consistent action of investing can make me money and actually make me very good money over long periods of time. And the longer that I leave it, it makes me even more money. So um, it's a win-win, right? That's one of the things that for me, again, if you're doing it smart and you're protecting yourself mm -hmm. uh, and making good investments, you can do that. Man, and I love the idea that like just planting the seeds. I never had a teacher that just like, we never talk about money. Nobody teach you right. money yeah. in school, you know, that is another problem. Yeah, and I think long-term investing is one of the ways that For me, it works perfectly for me. Uh, I've, to be honest, I've tried like swing trading, like day trading hmm. a little bit, um, but now they're never something I've taken seriously. And that's because I just don't think that it would be something I enjoy. And I also don't think it's something that I would have success at because it's really, really hard to time the market uh, when you go through buying low and selling high and at this price point and that price point, doing a lot of technical analysis that really... It's so hard to say uh, hmm. how that stuff happens. Um, I think long-term investing is the way to go for 95% of people. No, no, for sure. Because it's, it's just like you said, it's just instead of using the money in liabilities in maybe buying a bigger car or a bigger house and you rent or you buy a, a, a cheaper car and you invest a little bit, you know, you start to, to work in your income. You right. Know? Yeah. I'm glad you talked about a car too, because for me, um, I actually just bought a new car, which, uh, what happened two weeks ago. And that's for me, something that I never thought I would do. I never have been interested in purchasing a new vehicle. 
Um, and I say new, it was used because I can't, I could never buy a new vehicle unless I was rolling in insane amounts of money. It just goes like against everyone. the I have. Um, and it was a used car, but it was basically new. It was like the newest thing I've ever seen for a used vehicle. But for me, it's like, okay, I'm paying for that car by number one, I created a side income. So I'm not even taking money out of my salary in order to pay for that car. So I saved up for a couple months, put a, a good deposit down, down payment down on that car initially. And then what I'm doing is that whole entire side income is only going ahead and going into paying that off every single month. So some months I'm going to have double the amount of that car payment. Mm -hmm. Boom. Just goes in. It pays it off faster. Some months I might even have triple the amount. Boom. It goes in, it pays it off faster. And in a way that I don't even touch the salary that I have from my job. Right. So one of the big things out there, and I wish I had talked about this earlier for personal finance, but we covered a lot of other things is if again, I never thought I'd be able to afford a newish car. And if I want to afford something, if I understand how it fits in my values, I need to switch from saying, well, can I afford this to how can I afford this? Right. And that's been a big mindset shift for me. And that's why I've really upped my money mindset in the past two years um, and got serious. And if I didn't, I wouldn't see my net worth growing and so on. When I got serious about that, um, it changed a lot of things for me. So now uh, the, my next big thing is yes, paying off my car, um, but going ahead and buying a house, right? So how am I going to do that? I'm going to create another side income. I'm going to take 100% of that side income. It's going to go towards a down payment for a house. And then from there, that's going to be going towards my house payments. Investing, I want to invest a lot more. I'm going to create another side income. I'm going to take that entire amount. It's going to go into investing. And that's how I'm going to use to grow um, the things that I do. So changing that mindset shift from, can I afford this? Oh, no, I can't because I don't have this money to how can I afford this? Um, it's been a big game changer for me. And it's something that I'd really encourage people to do. Always upping your mindset, specifically your money mindset is one of the best things that you can do. And I think it's a great, just, just great. And just how can I do that? You know, just open the possibilities, you know, like, yeah, I think it's, and it's, it's incredible. And, and you can use that for the money or, or in general in life. How can I do something, you know? How can I improve? How, like, I think it's a great, great advice. Now let's talk about a little bit about productivity. It's, I know that is a subject that you like to talk. How can we improve our daily productivity? Daily Some productivity. tips and tricks. Yeah, it's one of my favorite topics, actually. Um, probably for the sole reason of the fact that I try to do as much as I can within a day. Um, so in order for me to do all the things that I want to do, I've got to be, be very productive. Um, and one of the best things uh, would be to schedule out your day the night before. So before I go to bed uh, for tonight, I'm going to schedule out tomorrow. Hmm. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, fill in the important things I have to do for work. I'm going to think about what time I wake up, what time I get back from work, what I'm going to eat, um, the activities that I'm going to do um, after school, how I'm going to work on something, uh, which I do every day. 
uh, for greatness every day, whether that's a video, whether it's planning something, whether it's building up the website, podcast, whatever, um, scheduling those things out, understanding what I want to do and then why I want to do them. And again, taking it back to my values, how it fits into the bigger picture of how I want my life to be. Um, so that's one of the best things that I think people should really get serious on. Um, and from there, another thing I'm going to say is focus, right? The ability to focus is one of the best tools and one of the best things that we can do uh, to really enhance our lives. And one of the ways that I like to get specifically focused on what I'm trying to do is turn away all distractions. So how I do this is through something called the Pomodoro Technique. Um, I don't know if you've heard of that before, but the Pomodoro method, Pomodoro technique essentially sees you work in uh, 25 minute blocks where you're super focused, turn distractions away, you work for 25 minutes, and then you have a five minute break. After you do that first Pomodoro, um, you go into doing that again, 25 minutes of work, five minute break, you do that four times, and then you take a longer break. So maybe half an hour to an hour to two hours, depending on what you're doing. Um, there's been a lot of really interesting research that's been out there that's um, talked about the increase in focus, increase in productivity as a result of this technique. Mm. Um, and it's something that people can get on uh, their phones. There's certain apps that allow you to do this on your computers, um, or it's as simple as just taking a timer, setting the time and pressing start, right? Managing it yourself. Um, it allows your brain to be a lot more focused. Your body um, actually feels good because every five minutes I'm getting up and I'm going for a walk, I'm stretching, um, things like that are just simple things that you can do every single day uh, in order to make yourself more productive. You can do things like starting your day with a morning routine, ending your day with a night routine. Um, you can go into, again, talking about money and how it ties into the values I have. Um, I'm not using it right now, at least in the position I could be, but I have a standing desk. I needed to buy a new computer desk. I bought a standing desk. It also raises and, and lowers as it's down right now. But one of the reasons I bought that was because um, I value health and it allows me to do what I want to do um, and have that versatility. So one of those things would be what I'd recommend for people trying to get started on increasing their productivity um, today is where I'd go to, to start at least. And you can go many other places from there. Man, but I love it. And like, like Pomodoro Technica, I already use it and like, like just planning like you were saying know what you have to do you know know your direction right and, and and when you do know your plan from there when your eyes open in the morning before your feet hit the ground you know what you're doing and you know why you're doing it. and that's something that is really valuable and powerful uh, before you even get started with your feet hitting the ground you know what you're doing you know why you're doing it so just go make it happen taking taking the emotion and the feelings out of it taking the oh i'm tired today i don't want to go ahead and do that maybe i'll push it into another time it's like no this is when you're doing this and this is why you're doing it and it takes the emotions and the feelings out of it which is something that um, we can easily get swayed by yeah yeah because it's i don't feel motivated to do it today but mm -hmm. it's, It's just, I think sometimes like it's going to work, you know, yep. but you are working in yourself, you know, like, so mm. it's the best, the best, the best work that you can have. Like if you're improving, mm -hmm. 
if you are working in your improvement, but you were talking also about daily habits, morning routines. What are your morning routine, your night routine? I already understood that goes a little bit with the scheduling. Mm -hmm. Morning routine um, and night routine is something I'm big on. Morning routine specifically because it primes your body and your mind for the rest of the day. And that's one of the things that you might not be able to control what happens throughout your entire day, but you can control how you start your day. And that's one of the biggest things um, that I'd really encourage people to get serious. One of the best things that they can do to have the biggest return on the investment in something that they can do. So for me, morning routine, I wake up uh, just like Robin Sharma likes to talk about in his book, The 5 a.m. Club. Um, I like to start my day with the power hour where I go ahead and I do 20 minutes of exercise, good intensity exercise. From there, I do sometimes also more than 20 minutes. Usually it is, especially when I'm in that kind of training phase for the Ironman. Um, so 20 minutes of exercise or more. From there, I go ahead and I do 20 minutes of uh, reflection, which involves praying or journaling and other habits as well, meditation potentially. Um, and then the third thing I do is 20 minutes of learning. And through those 20 minutes of learning, I might be listening to a podcast or a YouTube video, reading a book, talking to someone, um, learning something new. Um, and you really, when you start your day with that method, um, you prime your body, you set yourself up for success, uh, no matter what comes your way. So you can respond to those things in the best way possible. And, and it's incredible what happens when you do that thing and you do it consistently whether you wake up at 5 a.m which is incredible or you wake up at 8 a.m 7 a.m it doesn't matter you take and you start your day that way that's one of the best things that people can do from there i do the other things like get ready eat a good high quality breakfast shower etc and then my nighttime routine uh really one of the big focuses about it is filling in my gratitude journal which i do do in the morning piece as part of my reflection time uh, my gratitude journal is something that i get really serious about uh, where i identify three things that i'm grateful for and I, I then go ahead and i write three things down that i want to do and accomplish with my day or what would make my day great and then i say an affirmation that's the morning piece. And in the nighttime routine, I finish it. Uh, I basically say three things that made today amazing, three things that made today great. And then number one, or the last piece I do with that is something that I could have done to make my day better. So I'm challenging myself, being thankful and grateful for the things that have happened and, and why it was a great day. And then challenging myself to say, how could, as awesome as today was, or maybe even as, as bad as today was, how could I have made my day better? And that's the reflection piece that really ties into that. So I'm big on that stuff, big on obviously going to bed at a good time consistently, making sure our sleep environment is, is really um, well-tuned to promoting good quality sleep. Uh, I use a sleep tracker called the Aura Ring, uh, which is an incredible piece of technology. In fact, the NBA was using it here when they were all in their little bubble uh, as professional basketball players. But one of the best things you can do is, again, at nighttime, focus in on getting high quality sleep. And that, that really affects so many different areas of your life. And how can we get, I, I think like sleep, it's something really important to you. How we can get a, a, a good sleep? Some yeah. tips. Great question. Some of the things that people can do um, just to start getting serious about this immediately after watching this video is obviously limiting um, things like 
screen time, computer, iPad, phone, whatever you're using, um, try to set that away two to three hours before you go to sleep. One of the things that happens with that is your body would naturally fall asleep with the sunset and wake up with the sunrise. But because of lights, because of devices, what happens now is our, our bodies are tricked into thinking that what is actually happening is the phone or iPad or computer two feet from us, uh, we would think that that is the sunrise and our bodies are staying awake for longer. So our bodies aren't recovering. They're not repairing themselves. They're not doing what sleep is supposed to do for us as a result of that. So one of the best things that we can do is we can start putting our phones away earlier, putting our devices away earlier to tell our body, all right, now it's time to go to sleep. It's one of the best things we can do. From there, I'd really encourage people to go ahead and make sure your temperature isn't too hot. It's not too cold in your room. Make sure the sheets that you sleep in in your bed are, are good quality sheets. Make sure that things like um, your scents potentially also, there's things that can enhance the smells in your room can enhance your sleep. And it's something incredible to understand the sleep science of um, smell and how that affects you. Um, one of the things that I've been kind of experimenting with um, in the efforts of trying to increase my deep sleep um, is playing um, music or sounds or binaural beats um, as you're sleeping, which is supposed to uh, kind of enhance your quality of sleep in a couple different ways. Um, but you can get things on YouTube. You can get different apps that will help you with this as well. Um, and then when you are using a device in your room, if there's a device that you have, like a phone, for example, many people use those for alarm clocks, put them as far away from you as possible, right? I know people that sleep with them right next to their head or even under their pillow. Um, and we just don't know how that affects us. It's incredible uh, to me to think that people would still be doing that after people have said that it's really bad for a long time. But uh, we still, like I said, don't know how that truly affects us. And that is one of the best things that I can encourage people to just start doing right now right? Start doing those things right now. You can take it to the next level. Um, there's a lot of evidence out there that suggests sleeping naked or sleeping with a loved one or some other things that you can do to um, help improve your quality of sleep. And then for me, um, I actually went out and I purchased an alarm clock. I purchased an alarm clock that does something unique for the reason of sometimes how you feel your energy levels has to do with how your sleep cycles are ended. So as we go through, we have a variety of different sleep cycles, basically lasting every 90 minutes or so um, during our sleeping process. And if we wake up in the middle or at the end of a sleep cycle, our bodies feel different. We feel differently as a result of that. So in order to wake up at the proper time and, and gently, uh, I went out and I purchased an alarm clock. And this alarm clock simulates the sunrise. So what happens is if I want to wake up at five o'clock, I set that alarm clock for 5.30. Then at five o'clock, it starts lighting up very, very gently. And over the course of that half an hour, it lights up to an intensity that fills the entire room. And what I found is basically, as I've been doing this consistently, is I wake up just after the alarm clock goes off, right? Um, and I say alarm clock, but it's really just a light lighting up the whole room. Um, if you get to that 30 minute mark where you actually set the alarm for, um, and for some reason you haven't woken up already, what happens there is um, you can get sounds coming in. But that's totally different in the way that I used to wake up where I would take my iPhone 
um, and I'd have an alarm and it would just blast sound in my ear and it would be a really unpleasant, violent way to wake up, right? So now I wake up in a much more peaceful, natural way um, that is simulating the sunrise. Um, and it's been something that for me, um, I do notice a difference when I am able to wake up, use my alarm clock versus when I travel uh, somewhere else and I don't carry that with me. I'm pretty close to it because I do believe that it does a lot of value and, and it's really, really good. Um, but there is a big difference in, in how you feel um, as you go through. So that would be a little bit more next level in terms mm. of you're making an investment in the equipment you use to sleep with. Uh, again, something like purchasing an aura ring, which is the best sleep tracker out there um, is something else that you could do as well. But again, those can start to get expensive once you start doing those things. The first tips I gave people are definitely something they can start doing right now. And it's for free. Just yeah. don't use it. No, mm -hmm. exactly. And I love the idea. But I, maybe it's my ignorance. It's the first time that I listen about like a, a light clock. Mm -hmm. I love that it's just because sometimes it's like you say you are sleeping and it's like boom a bomb yeah. like it's it's like what? yeah yeah it's such an unpleasant way like think about if somebody came in and greeted you um, you were working on something somebody comes in and starts yelling at you and just bombarding you with all this stuff or if somebody walks in knocks on the door and just says hey do you mind if I do this right it, it's such a different way you walk away from that situation mm -hmm feeling in a much different place than you would. Um, and that translates to the way we wake up, which is translates into how we feel for the rest of the day. So it's incredible that something so simple like that uh, can really make a big difference in, in how we start our day. Man, like I love it. I love it. And let's talk a little bit. You, you, you told me a little bit for the ones that don't know the, the 5 a.m. Uh, club. Mm -hmm. Are you are you waking up at 5 a.m.? Tell me a little bit for the ones that don't know the the book and the idea behind. If you can talk a little bit more, right? Yeah. So I'll be super transparent. I am mm -hmm. not waking up at 5 a.m. right now, um, and nobody really cares about those details anyway. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not. I did, however, for a few months, uh, go ahead and wake up at 5 a.m. Um, committed to that whole process and framework that Robin Sharma talks about. Um, and I found tremendous value in that. And I would highly encourage people to do that. Um, I want to do that. I'm not right now because as I've been going through the startup of this school year, being the very different school year that it's at, um, I've been finding myself dealing with some other things, um, going to bed at a different time. So in order to compensate for that, shifted back. Still using the principles for sure. Um, and I am committing as I'm getting back into my training, I'll need to wake up early. So um, I am committing to getting back up into the 5 a.m. wake up, um, hopefully sooner than later as I kind of ramp up my training with that as well. So um, I haven't been doing it. Do I believe it works? For the majority of people, yes, it does. It allows you to start your day without the distractions you'd normally have. Nobody's texting you. You don't have family or a wife or a husband out talking to you, right? There's a lot of values where you just have your time to do what you want to do and what you need to accomplish, you get it done. So um, big believer, big proponent of it. Um, and I'm really looking forward to and anticipating uh, when I get back into those times for sure. Perfect. Let's just, can you tell me some of the benefits just for the ones that the night sleepers, 
if you can convince them like because after it depends on the person but some of the benefits that you can see it yeah so for example um like i've talked to people where they're like oh yeah i, I can never do that i'm a night owl i just want to stay up all night i'll go to bed at two in the morning three in the morning but i could never wake up um at five in the morning an example right exactly. um i th think of some people that i know that i just tell them like I'm, i'm i'm serious if you were to go to bed at let's say even 10 o'clock and wake up at five o'clock get seven high quality hours of sleep right if you were to go ahead and do that i said you would be way more successful you would be way more focused throughout the day your mind would be able to focus on things. It's like I start my day when I was doing the 5 a.m. club, I'd get to work at about 7.30, 8 o'clock, depending on the day. Hmm. And for me, I'd have two and a half hours or three hours of preparation time where I was able to wake up in a state that allowed me to dictate how my day was going to go. I wasn't waking up, running late from the moment I woke up, trying to scramble around, trying to get in the shower, trying to eat a bad quality breakfast so I don't even get breakfast because I'm rushing, trying to get to work in the state of distress all the time. Whereas if I woke up at 5 a.m., I wake up, do my workout, do my reflection, I go ahead and do some learning while I'm making breakfast, I have a shower, I'm in control. And maybe that's one of the biggest things. My mindset is in a good place. My physical body is actually awake right? We look at schools right now. Sometimes students don't even seem to wake up until 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, uh, it seems. Um, and there's a variety of reasons for that. Um, but really, that's a great example, right? If we were waking up at 5 a.m., just to illustrate that, you're moving through at your potential. And maybe that's potentially the biggest thing. There's mindset advantages, there's physical advantages, there's emotional and spiritual advantages as well. Um, of waking up when the whole world is not awake. And it's incredible and something that, again, um, that's why I'm a big believer and proponent for it. And that's why I'm going to go back and work that into my schedule um, because of what it's done for me. I wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't share it with people if I didn't think it was something that was extremely valuable. No, because it's, I already said, but with you, you see, it's like you are uh, your own experiment. First, you experiment on you, and after you pass the message. Right. It's like, if it works for me, maybe it will work also for you. It's just your opinion, and like, and I love that. And I'm also a big believer that if you start, man, it's the part of the day that you have control, like you said it. So, yeah, you don't control yeah. the rest of the day, but the morning, you have control on it. Right. I love yeah. it. And it's about control, 100%. It is. It is. Uh, uh, now let's talk about, uh, you have your gratitude, uh, journaling, um, do you do a daily journaling? How you yeah. work with it? Yeah, I do. So I do the morning piece and I use the evening piece as well. Um, I actually use a journal that somebody else had built and built up. It's an incredible journal. It's called the five minute journal. Um, and it's something that people can use and I like it because it's very quick. Hence the name, the five minute journal. Right? You do your morning piece, you do your evening piece, but it really sets the foundation for your day and then also wraps your day up in a way um, that I would really encourage people to do. Whether they buy that book or not, mm. um, it's an incredible tool that people can use just to 
get clear on their gratitude, to get clear on the affirmations they have, to get clear on setting any goals that they might have as well. So something that, again, whether you use that specific template or you just mm. take a piece of paper down and kind of mimic it, it's something that is a massively um, a good thing that you can do. Perfect, man. Now let's talk a little bit about uh, success. What, uh, what is your definition of uh, success? My definition of success is something that I don't think about very often. Um, and it's not something that I've said, like, for example, everybody talks about thinking success would be having a million dollars in their bank account as a common one or hmm. having this many kids or whatever. Um, I would say success is the ability for me to live within my values and really maximize those values daily. Right. So success for me is when I can, at the end of the, at the end of the day, really look at what happened and transpired during that day and say, yes, I crossed every one of those values off in a check. Right. That's what success is for me. And I think that there is the most fulfilling form of success when I do those things. Beautiful, man. Like, and it's, and like, so, and it comes like in the segue with the next question, like, that is like, what is the legacy that you want to leave behind? That you, I think that you already said it a little bit, but I wanted. Yeah. Um, and that's, again, something I, I don't think about too often, very often. Um, but my legacy would definitely, that I obviously want to be a good person. Yes, all things like that. But really that I would challenge and encourage people to get the most out of their life. They would see me, literally a regular dude doing his thing, um, with a story that so many people can relate to because a lot of people think of success as uh, having a lot of money or a big house or whatever they want to illustrate that as for them. Um, but me creating the world that I want to live in and showing people that that exact same thing is possible for them, right? It doesn't matter your outcome. It doesn't matter like where you live or where you grew up or what color you are or anything like that. What matters is that you are able to be encouraged by seeing some of the stuff that I do, some of the stuff that I share on social media or videos or this conversation, and just use that as leverage to encourage you to challenge yourself. And really, that would be my legacy, to inspire and challenge and encourage people that they can do whatever they want to do. Really, really, really profound. And I think it's a really nice legacy to leave it. Just challenge yeah. yourself like 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 you are doing now with Iron Man. Like talk mm -hmm. the talk but do the walk. Like like you are doing now. Like yeah, I there's like a lot it. of people. There's a lot of people in the Iron Man and Triathlon world that would do a lot of talking. Um, but maybe they're a little bit too flashy. And that's one of the reasons I don't like that space in general, is mm. because there's a lot of people that like to show off in that space uh, mm. or talk about it all the time or buy expensive things related to it. But uh, I like it because on race day, none of that stuff matters, right? When you show up to your race, um, you're either ready or you're not. And it's going to be a fun time or it's going to be one of the worst times of your life. Um, and I'm looking forward to being ready in August. In August, uh, we, will, yeah. we will see. I will uh, for sure. Like, yeah, because it's like you said, it's, it's not because you have a, a nice bike or you have a nice swimming suit that will not give you the win. Right. It, it looks nice. Sweet. 
show up and do your race. It, it'll help you a little bit, but it, it won't help you as much as you think type no. thing. <laughs> it's that six months, like the journey. It's like, yeah. like you were saying, like completely. And uh, let's talk a, li a little bit about your book, about new projects, about the, 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 the new course that you will start. Okay. Yeah. So the book was something that uh, kind of in conjunction with doing that journal that I had is hmm. I discovered that um, one of the things for me in terms of moving forward in personal development was affirmations were something that I wanted to do. And my book is actually 365 daily affirmations for a great life. There's also another version of that that is 365 daily affirmations for men. Um, and with that, um, they're both very similar, um, targeted to a general audience or a more specific male audience. And I hmm. think that that's important. We need more men speaking out and encouraging and challenging men to step up as men. Um, so that's an area that I'm pretty passionate about, but um, both books are kind of very similar. With that, um, as I was doing those journaling um, and doing some of those activities, I really discovered that for me, one of the things that I had to overcome were some of the, the stories I told myself, some of the self-talk that I had um, that would, would hold me back in some ways. So for me, affirmations were something that I wanted to incorporate into what I do as a way to counteract that, to, as a way to say that, oh, maybe I'm not confident. How can I build myself up to become a confident mm. person? And affirmations Uh, and some of those affirmations that people see in that book, and there's like 95 different themes. We're talking about money. We're talking about self-confidence. We're talking about relationships. We're talking about health. We're talking about whatever mindset, doesn't matter what it is. 95 different themes that I identified, I put into that book simply as a list of affirmations that you can use to guide your transformation throughout the course of the year. So that is up there. Uh, it's on Amazon. You can find it on our website as well. Um, but it's definitely something that I'm, I'm finding value in. I'm really happy that I made it, uh, even if it just simply helps one person. It's something that I've got some feedback from already, uh, and I'm excited to see kind of what happens to that book over the course of the next couple of years as we're going. And another project, as I said, um, is, uh, yes, creating this online course, which is something that I've wanted to do for a while. Uh, I've had experience in online courses before, and I, I love them for a variety of reasons. Um, number one is just the idea of mentorship. You can learn from somebody who has done what they never thought was possible, mm -hmm. um, but learned over the course of a few years. I've gone ahead and invested over the course of the past few years. I've learned six principles that I've used to double my net worth in a very short amount of time that I never thought was possible. Um, and what I'm doing is I'm sharing those six principles in a way that's easy to understand in a way that shows people that regular people can do this stuff um, in, and in a way that you're going to be able to keep and use for the rest of your life. Um, so those are six principles that I've used. Um, again, I could do this a couple different ways. Um, there's reasons I'm doing it the online course style because I think that that's one of the ways that really can make a global impact for people. Mm -hmm. And again, my target audience isn't people that have been given $50,000 Um, as a gift for graduating, right? They're not coming from a wealthy family. They're not coming from whoever, like, yes, those people, it would help. I, I do believe that. But I'm looking at the regular everyday person 
um, that is wanting to improve their life in a different area. These are six things that you can do to grow your money efficiently and effectively. So um, that's where we're going into. And that's something that I'm really excited and is taking a lot of time in order to actually um, finish and create and finish and so on, because um, it's something I enjoy and it's something I really believe in. And it's something that I want to have help people. So I don't want to just rush through it. I'm not doing it for that reason. I'm not doing it for any other reason of, I want to provide the most amount of value for people um, there uh, when they actually get access to that. So I'm expecting that to be out in the next hopefully month or so. Um, but again, it's taking a lot of time and taking a lot of time for very good reasons. So I'm excited to see uh, how that goes. And then of course, just doubling down on YouTube um, as my main platform, getting more videos out there. Um, and then sharing stuff on social media just to challenge and encourage people um, in their day-to-day -day life. Man, love it, love it, love it. Let's wait for the next month for some news. Let's awesome. wait for I it. Like, I love the idea. It's going to be exciting for sure. Uh, I, I'm really interested in getting people um, access to those things um, so that they can start giving me feedback saying how can we make this better what else do you want to see are there any other courses that you want to see being put out there um, and, and something that I can help with so uh, it's something that uh, again when I check my um, account or at the end of every month when I do my net worth and I see how my net worth has grown I just it, it's shocking to me sometimes that we can just do simple habits that really add up and make a very big difference in the long term. Love it. Love it. Let me, I like to, to ask also about some, because I already see that you are a, a reader, that you like to read some books and podcasts that you, you will advise me and the listeners. Okay. And why? Yeah. Yeah. In terms of books, um, I am a reader. I love doing book reviews and so on. Um, one of my favorite books out there is, yes, I talked about the 5 a.m. club. I'd say definitely go ahead and get that. I talked about Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or you actually showed me um, that one, and I would agree with that absolutely. Um, there's a few books that I would put out there. Um, Atomic Habits by James hmm. Clear. Um, it's a book about habits and productivity, um, but simple things that you can do that have a big result. Um, as a result of doing them. And that book, like I like to say, if I was to ever write a book, that would be the book. It's so well-written. It mm. takes complicated subjects and breaks them down into easy to understand ways. Okay. It mixes the science world with the practical world perfectly. Um, if I was to ever say that I could write a book, that would probably be the book. Because as I was reading that, I just couldn't stop putting it down. So that would be uh, one of my favorite ones. In the world of relationships um, or like family, loved ones, etc., cetera, um, there's a book called The Five Love Languages that's out there um, by Dr. Gary Chapman. He wrote that book. And yes, it is intended mainly for um, like a romantic relationship. Mm. But I also believe that this um, is something that everybody should read for romance, yes, but also at the same time for just understanding how relationships works. And it talks about the five ways that people can express love and also receive love. Um, when I read that book, it really opened my world up to the idea of relationships and that idea of expressing love and, and giving love and also receiving love and how we're all kind of different in what we have. So I think it's just like 
a study in human psychology and human behavior um, that people should read for sure. It's very small, it's very quick, um, but maybe the best book that I've ever read and what's come as a result of it. So those are some great ones. Make Your Bed um, is a, a great small book that people can read. It's actually the first book that got me back into reading after a long time away, or I guess only reading for information. Um, so those are some great ones out there. Audiobooks I'm big on. I'll leave you with one right now. Um, the Power of Purpose by Les Brown. Les Brown is a phenomenal speaker. Um, you're going to get a lot just out of listening to that. Um, and also at the same time, kind of walk you through how to find your purpose. And I could go on for, for days here. Um, but those are some of my kind of highlight books that I'd really recommend people look yeah. into. I will put after in the description of, of the video. Like, yeah, I already awesome. four, four, four of them with yours, five. So okay. it's already a nice list to start it. Uh, now, what is the best way for the people to find you if somebody wants to contact you? Okay, yeah, for sure. I would definitely encourage people to go over to my YouTube channel. It's mm. greatness every day. Um, go to YouTube, make sure you follow along, subscribe there so that you can uh, know when new videos come out. I try to put at least one video out every single week, um, if not two or three videos uh, when we really get rolling with things uh, through some of the other commitments I have. When those kind of lessen, I go hard on the YouTube. Uh, expect that in November for sure. Uh, that seems to be the year that it picks up after the start of my school year. So that's um, something that I always look forward to doing on our website. It's www.gr8neseveryday.com. Uh, we're pretty active on Instagram. Um, as of late, again, taking the last few weeks very lightly, let's say. Um, but I do like to get onto Instagram and just give you more of the encouragement and updates on the day-to-day -day, um, posting and engaging with the fans is a lot better on Instagram. So those are the definitely the few other ways that I would encourage people to really go in mainly um, there are some ways you can find what we do on Facebook, Twitter, et cetera. We've got a podcast, um, but those are the main ways. YouTube, number one, website, and Instagram. And I appreciate people reaching out with any questions. Uh, I really appreciate it. And I appreciate being here today for sure. And thank you so much. Like I will put after also all your contacts in the description of the video. To end up, just one last question. Um, what is your best advice to make the world a better place? The best advice to make the world a better place, very simply, I guess, again, would be listen, the ability to listen. Um, I think that in our world right now, um, that's a skill that many people aren't exhibiting. They have it. I really believe they have it, but they're just not choosing to show it. They're not choosing to do it. And one of the best things, myself included, that we can do um, is to listen more, to actively listening to understand instead of listening just to respond back to somebody or to prove our point or to look right in a situation, right? So um, even simple things like this, Vasco, like the fact that we're able to sit down and have a conversation, you're able to understand who I am, what I'm about, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, and now we've, we've connected. We've got this bond where um, you're on the other side of the world compared to exactly. me, and yet we still are developing a relationship because of this. And now from here, 
we're sharing this out to our networks and now our networks are all around the world and we're going ahead and developing starting and, and hopefully fostering a relationship with people listening to this right and from there we develop our understanding from there we develop our network from there we develop so many things that can bring so much positivity into our lives um, that from there i think if we're listening with purpose and intent um, it's going to be incredible what the growth that comes from that as a result rather than just listening to get our point across right that that's something that uh, we do myself included probably more often than uh, we would like to acknowledge um, but just kind of recognizing those moments and moving forward in a way where we're demonstrating and practicing that. Man, I think you are so right because man, it's just, it's sometimes we are just waiting for the moment to, mm -hmm. to give my opinion. You know, you are not like, yeah, actively listen to the person, like just a little bit of empathy. I think it also help. Yes. Empathy is a massive one. That ability to recognize kind of what other people are going through and also why and, and putting ourselves in their shoes uh, is something that when you tie in with listening as well, uh, that becomes a powerful mixture. Matt, any last advice, ideas that you want to share with me and the listeners and viewers? No, the biggest thing that I, I'd really encourage people to do is um, challenge themselves to ask, are they choosing greatness every day? Are they choosing greatness in their mindset? in their health, in their money, in anything else you want to expand that into. Are you in a place right now where you're doing that? Yes or no. And if you're not, how will you get to that place? And if you are, how will you improve? That's my big challenge to people that are listening. Uh, I want to say thank you to you for having me on here. We had a great conversation. This has definitely been the longest interview I've ever had. Uh, I've done quite a few interviews. Um, none of them have gone like this. We're over like two hours now, exactly. uh, which is killer because I had a lot of fun and time, time flies too, when you're doing this stuff. Um, so I'm very appreciative that you had me on here, sharing it with your community. Um, and sure. I really look forward to connecting with people that are listening out there. So please find me on YouTube, reach out on Instagram, whatever platform you use, you're going to find us at Greatness Every Day. Um, and it's been a pleasure. It's been awesome and uh, excited to see where this kind of goes from here because this is just a starting point uh, for us and the people listening of creating and fostering and developing that relationship. So I'm excited to see what the next few weeks, months, and years hold for everybody. For sure, man. It's the beginning of the relation, for sure, man. And uh, one more time, thank you for the opportunity. It was a great, great conversation, man. A lot of knowledge, a lot of insights about a lot of fields also. And I love it. I love it to to spend these two, two hours with you. Yeah, One more time. Great. Awesome. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Thanks to everybody for listening as well. Thank you so much, guys. Don't forget to go to Matt's YouTube, Instagram, listen to his podcast, and don't forget to follow us in all the social media. Okay? Thank you so much.